climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn, and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host, Amy Muirs, and I'm here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio, where we explore how young people are using their ideas, creativity, and passion to shape a better world, and how educators are utilizing the power of service learning to redesign education. Each of our shows, you're going to hear stories from youth and adults who are at the forefront of change, youth innovators and educational leaders who are making the world a better place right now. I really hope that you're finding value and inspiration in each of our shows, and that if you do, that you're going to share this podcast with your colleagues and friends. And if you're that innovative young person who's changing the world or that adult who's truly passionate about engaging young people as change makers, you can contact me um, and email me at info, I-N-F-O, at nylc.org, and we'd love to talk about having you on our show. Today, I am here with two amazing change makers. I have Walter Cortina, who is the executive director of Bridgemakers and the co-founder with Cole Stevens, who's the vice president. It's a um, Bridgemakers is a mentor-based leadership program for Twin Cities youth seeking to break the cycles of poverty, violence, and miseducation. So these two young men were also instrumental in pushing the state of Minnesota to change the law that denied high school youth from receiving unemployment benefits. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being with me here today. I'm so excited for our conversation. Thank you, Amy. So, Walter, I thought we would start with you. Um, I would love for you to share just a little bit more about yourself. Let us get to know who you are. Uh, well, thank you, Amy. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. and I hope uh, um, everyone who's listening um, is having a great um, Thursday. Um, as mentioned, I'm Walter Cortina, a co-founder and executive uh, director of uh, bridge makers and i'm also a senior at the high school for recording arts a very beautiful school and i'm actually about to be the first in my whole family my whole generation uh, to graduate so i'm very i'm very excited for that um and i just want to share a little bit about why i'm so passionate about um, helping youth and um at the community i um as myself um i myself um, have met on um, the short end of the stick um, when it comes um, to policies, I could say uh, specifically around um, immigration. Uh, like for example, uh, my dad was deported uh, back to Mexico City when I was seven years old. And uh, when I was uh, 13, uh, my mom, she also got deported um, uh, back to Mexico City. And I, uh, since 14, I've been taking care of myself. I was working uh, two jobs. I'm um, just trying to help my mom in Mexico, uh, trying to take care of myself and uh, like make the American dream work. Uh, when COVID hit, I uh, lost my job. Um, um, we'll do uh, to well, being 
a car wash and us having to do with cleaning. It just shut down like as soon as the pandemic started to go around um, and stuff. And so, yeah, I, I just want to make sure that I uh, can best serve um, the community. And I don't want anybody else to have to go through what uh, that I went through. So I always want to make sure that students have a voice um, and students are always at the table. Thank you for sharing your story, Walter. Um, I was curious if you would share just an update on your mom and your aunt. How are they doing today? I do have to say that life works in very beautiful, but mysterious ways at the same time. Uh, my mother, she actually got approved uh, for her visa last uh, February. Uh, she was actually going to hop on the plane uh, the following week and come um, to live with me, but uh, COVID hit on like the same week and it uh, paused the whole um, process, but uh, she is looking to uh, come to the States in the next uh, few weeks, actually. So I'm very, very excited for that. I haven't lived with her in uh, about like six years. So that is like, crazy. Uh, she uh, had a breast cancer, but she is uh, totally fine. Um, she made it through the process and uh, same with my auntie. Uh, congratulations to your mom for being able to, um, for getting her visa and an, how amazing that you guys are going to be back together after so many years apart. That's absolutely wonderful. Um, I can only imagine the excitement you must feel for, for that reunion and hopefully that will happen sooner rather than later. Um, I, I do appreciate you so much uh, for saying that. You know, um, I am a huge fan of the High School for Recording Arts, and I was, um, I think it's a really unique um, model for learning in the Twin Cities. Could you just um, kind of share a little bit about um, that, the high school experience that, that you have there? Man, I love the High School for Recording Arts. That is, I don't even see it as school, to be honest. I see it as like a second home. Um the school is very well structured and just uh, the goals and the things that they inspire to be are just amazing. Like uh, the relationships that the teachers have with the students has to be one of the biggest um, aspects of that school. Um, it was one of the reasons why I showed up um, every day, uh, not necessarily to like do my work, but because I knew that like someone at that school like cared for me um, and my future. Um, the that whole um, education uh, process is uh, very uh, unique. I could say they uh, let you personalize your plan, um, like your learning plan, uh, like to your schedule. Like for example, if you have uh, like two kids and have to work or, like two jobs and you only have time to go uh, to the building for like three, four hours a day, then you could do so, you know? Um, and like, they just give you a lot of flexibility. They're very uh, considerate about like who you are and like what you go through. Um, I do have to say that I very much uh, deeply love that school and just a shout out um, to high school for recording arts. Absolutely. Um, like I say, the, the, the way that they, um, they provide and support their students is, is phenomenal. And um, I think it's a model that so many schools should be looking at. Cole? <laughs> We're checking in with you. Can you? Uh, Hello. <laughs> can you? Uh, can you share a little bit about you and your background, and um, and uh, a little bit about uh, where you're at? Yes, I suppose I can. So, 
Hello, everybody. I hope you're all having a wonderful Thursday. It's beautiful out here in Minneapolis. Gorgeous. Gotta love it. It, it snowed that that one day. I think you know sometime this week, and that 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 threw me off. But uh, we're we're getting through it. It's sunny again, so beautiful. But yeah, my name is Cole Stevens. I was born and raised here, South Minneapolis. Um, you know, I, I had to learn the value of a dollar really quick. Uh, my parents never really had money like that. Um, you know, but they they always worked very hard to make sure that I had what I needed. Um, and uh, something that's kind of unique is I grew up in a, uh, a very artistic uh, environment. So my mother is an artist, my father is an artist, and they're very talented artists. Um, I mean, like really talented. And, you know, I'd always known this growing up, but one thing that I'd noticed is is uh, sort of the deferral of their, their constant deferral of their dreams and the things that they really wanted to do, you know, just because they had to work so hard just to be able to make ends meet. And, um, you know, I'm very grateful that they were able to, while we might not have had a lot of money, you know, there, there was a lot of love and I had sort of, I had uh, a space where I could, um, my mind could kind of run wild and, and that it did. So I, I've, I've been in kind of a really weird position my whole life um, from the very beginning, you know, born to a, a, a white father and a black mother. I'm a, incredibly what you might call racially ambiguous, right? So I, my skin is pretty light, but I have this big, big fat afro up on top of my head. And uh, that has been a cause for question for lots of people throughout my whole life. And so this sort of introduces this theme of uh, in-betweenness, all right, in my life. And what I've, you know, for, first off, I kind of lamented that, that sort of fact about myself because it seemed like I never quite fit in anywhere. But, you know, through the work that I've done with bridge makers and um, just recently, I've come to see this as more, more of a superpower. And, and this superpower allows me to bridge the gap between all sorts of different um, um, social divides, right? Whether that be political, whether it be uh, cultural, whether it be racial or, you know, um, income gaps, you know, I can, I can sympathize and I can, really deeply recognize sort of the struggles of different groups of people, groups of people that might oftentimes seem quote unquote opposite when really, you know, we're all human and we have very, very similar core desires. Of course, we want to feel safe. We want to feel stable. We want to, you know, have relationships and have purpose and all those things. So yeah. Does that answer the, does that answer the question? Sometimes I get a little, (laughs) <laughs> I have lofty answers sometimes. No, I think that that sets the stage beautifully. Um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to um, we're going to take a brief break, and then when we return, we're going to dig into our conversation about um, bridge makers. We'll uh, m- maybe dive a little deeper into your superpowers that you're both bringing to the table. So um, why don't you, um, everybody take, um, take a breather. We're going to, um, we'll take a quick break and I hope you'll stay with us on the power of young people to change the world, Voice America Empowerment Radio. And when we come back, we're going to hear some more from uh, Walter Cortina, who is the executive director of, sorry, <laughs> who's the executive director of Bridgemakers and Cole Stevens, who's the vice president. We'll be right back. Follow 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Tune in to The James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. listening to the power of young people to change the world with amy muirs to find out more about amy and the national youth leadership council please visit nylc.org now back to the show Welcome back, everyone. If you're just joining us, we're here today with Bridgemakers co-founders Walter Cortina and Cole Stevens. So again, gentlemen, thank you for being here with me today. Um, I would love to dig into um, the mission behind Bridgemakers. How did you guys come up with the idea? And um, what um, experiences inspired you to create this nonprofit? Uh, Cole, if you don't mind me um, taking the lead here, but uh, just a mission on myself to support and mentor the voices and leadership of marginalized youth as they help break um, cycles. We, or I could say that we really uh, believe in that because uh, Bridgemakers believes that we cannot change the world as um, like individuals uh, or like a sole person just trying to do um, like everything, you know? Um, that we believe in focusing and shaping specific people who create teams who then could lead change um, on more of a grassroots um, level. And to the experiences that I could say personally uh, made me uh, believe this is uh, my journey, um, my specific path that I went down. You know, like I noticed that I was in a very particular situation. I could say I was 14 with no parents stuck in America, uh, going through the educational system. And it just, it just didn't seem like I was going to 
make the change that I wanted to make uh, necessarily, you know, um, with the right steps and uh, through the right um, connections, um, I was able to find um, a mentor who um, amplified my voice and my leadership. And he actually helped me um, create uh, bridge makers, you know, just take it off the ground with his experiences, his life, um, knowledge and so forth. Um, and with that, I was able to travel to go to uh, like leadership on my convenience um, in California, uh, Washington, uh, Chicago, just so forth, you know? And that gave me a sense of like what young people could be. Like I was at the table, I was speaking my truth to the power to adults and they were listening to me. Um, and so I really wanted uh, to duplicate this, to make this on a larger scale. Uh, and so, yeah, that led to uh, the forming of bridge makers. Um, yeah. And Thank you. I'd like to pass it off to Cole uh, to add on um, his side of this. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Walter. Well, I mean, it's 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 a lot of what I'm going to say is similar to what Walter said, but I'll just say, I mean, this is this comes out of raw experience. This comes out of like really what we were on the ground seeing, and um, really what was sort of just being imposed on us. So for me personally, I've always been someone who questions everything. You can't just tell me that something works the way it does because I will ask you until I wear you out, you know? And um, that's not, the public school system <laughs> is not a place for somebody like that, right? So I, as soon as I got into the uh, public school system, I mean, middle school, you know, I was, I was able to be distracted by all the fun I was having uh, being, uh, you know, ridiculous and being a troublemaker in middle school. But in high school, that's like, things got real, right? Like I really, you know, um, you got to get your grades, you got to do this, got to do that. And, and, you know, neither of my parents made it to college um, or finished college. I mean, and, um, <clears throat> and we were broke, you know, my, my family was poor and I, I didn't have anything to inherit. So. Of course, my parents, they wanted me to, you know, um, they did want me to go to college, but I started day one in high school. It just, I, I was already over it. You know, I hated it, honestly. It just seemed like there was so much arbitrariness. You know, I don't even know if that's a word, but being pushed on to me, you know, do, do this. Why? Because just, just because, oh, because we have to, and I'm like, what, what do, we, what do you mean you have to, who's making you do this? Right. So the more I learned the, you know, more I figured out that really schools are suffering from standardization. Right. So in the industrial revolution, we realized standardizing products is a really good idea, of course, because you want, you know, the same, you want you want products to be consistent. You want to have a consistent effect for the same amount of money, right? And so we decided, hey, let's let's apply this to systems and people, you know, because that reduces the management and and it increases efficiency or whatever. And so this is something that works for products. It doesn't work for people. You can't standardize people. There will never be a one size that fits all students, and especially not all all young people. I mean. Human beings are so incredibly unique, e each single one of us, just biologically. I mean, there's really no, no two are the same. And if you really try to confine a young person to this, to this one idealistic view or this one way of doing things, they will, they will go crazy like I did. And so I think really it was this going crazy and this um, just, you know, all, all these different systems that 
just sort of felt like they were just rooted against me. And I just seeing my parents work and work and work and work and work and have nothing to show for it. No assets, nothing to, 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 you know, they had no barely any time for themselves. They were working so hard. And so just seeing that, I was like, something is obviously very wrong here. And for a long time in high school, I was told that's just the way things were. And then, um, in my senior year, really, I was at a point where I was just itching to get out. Right. And I had, I had made the decision that, you know, I was going to finish and I wasn't going to go to college. I was going to start a business and, uh, do things my way. I, that was, that was all that was in my head. I was like, I need to get out of here so I can just start doing things my way. I'm sick of, you know, <laughs> authority, um, and that sort of thing. And so I get out of high school I, and now at the time here, this has been going on for, um, about two years now. And, and I actually started working at the age of 14. So at the age of 16, I actually had to move out to my dad's house here in Bloomington because uh, he was a dead after coming uh, back from treatment. And so I'd been working hard to, to, to help pull him out of debt and to make sure that bills got paid and, and everything. And me and him were both struggling. Uh, this is my senior year of high school. Um, and, uh, ooh, excuse me, off. I just did that on, on live radio. But basically, the coronavirus pandemic hit, obviously, and I lost my job. He got his hours reduced. And so we're just in an awful situation. Rent is due very late. We're eating ramen noodles every day. Uh, we had to pawn family heirlooms to just get things paid. And so then when I had applied for unemployment benefits, I had eventually received them. I had used the money from the unemployment benefits to pay my rent and everything. And then the state of Minnesota, this is the last two months of me being in high school, the state of Minnesota or, or the department, they sent me a letter that said, ah, yeah, no, actually, we need you to pay all of that back. We didn't mean to give that to you. You're actually ineligible because you're out here trying to get your education. So we're going to punish you for that. And that was the moment where I was like, yeah, no, no, I'm not going to take that lying down. That's ridiculous. After all I've been through, after all I've contributed to my community and all I've worked to contribute to this economy, I said, that doesn't make sense. And so originally I was just looking for a lawyer, but I found even a million times better than that came into contact with John McCall, who got me in contact with Walter and other youth leaders who were working on this effort. And I just hit the ground running. I was excited. That's it. It's almost, I almost feel speechless listening to you guys tell your stories um, and, and what you've gone through. And then Cole to hear, yeah, here's, here's dollars to support you, but guess what? You know, you're in school. So give that money back. Um, Tell us what that fight is was like with the state of Minnesota to get those unemployment benefits um, for high school students. Um, what made you, you know, obviously that's what made you um, decide to take on the state, but um, how did you start to build awareness about what was happening um, with this issue and what were some of those strategies? Yeah, for sure. Walter, would you like me to, to start on this one? Um, sure. Cool. Yeah, please go ahead. That, that, that. So, yeah, we just, I mean, we've been, we've been, you know, tokenized. We've been not taken seriously. We've been ignored, you know, by, by a lot of folks in power. And um, it really, what it started out was just a bunch of kids who were just pissed off. Right. And they were just talking to legislators. So we had, um, of course, John Bacall, shout out to John Bacall. I mean, he's an incredible mentor um, and really me mentorship is at the heart of all of this, but um, we had, him and we had other other adults who were just sympathetic to us and who had a greater understanding of, of the legislature because 
I, you know, I, I was very ignorant. A lot of us, we were very ignorant to how government really kind of worked. But so they they were able to help us with that and get us into contact with legislators. We scheduled meetings with all sorts of different people from, um, you know, different committees. And, and really, it became this kind of strategic game, you know, political chess or whatever. We're trying to get Democrats and Republicans to agree with each other. And we're trying to, you know, eventually it came down to they couldn't agree on the funding source originally. Um, and, um, you know, even with the young people's whose stories we'd collected and all the pushes on social media, we'd been on traditional media, on, on radio, and we'd been on uh, articles and they just couldn't agree on the funding source. And um, yeah, so that's that's when we decided we'd have to go to the lawsuit route. Walter, anything you want to add to that? Um, I do have to say that I... The whole process, the whole journey, I'm more of a, like, big picture, like, summarizer. So I could just say that it was a very interesting, knowledgeable uh, journey. We learned a lot about how to work with the legislator, about how to work on politics. You know, that's one of the, the biggest games that there is in society, politics. Um, we learned how to make the adults listen to us and sit at the table. I really just believe that the whole process was very... Uh, beautiful, you know, there was a lot of challenges and bumps, so like how Cole said, we weren't really able to to conclude on where the funds would come from, and that was kind of, I'm um, like, irritating, but, eh, um, um, it's politics. Uh, <laughs> we just have to say as the final point, um, we shouldn't have to convince politicians why it's messed up that we don't have money to get to the next day. I I do just want to amend that on that note. Uh, that's absolutely correct. Um, uh, Cole and I uh, had a conversation before the show and we're talking about the fact that um, we have, we were asking young people to share their stories, stories that people shouldn't have to share in a public venue in order to get politicians to listen to them, to understand that there, there needs to be um, funding for these young people um, who are contributors um, who are contributing to their families and in a real way. And so, you know, asking these young people to share personal um, stories just does not seem like the way that we should be um, dealing with our, our political systems. Oh yeah. No, it's insane out here. I have to say, I did not think that, the world was going to be like this, but I, I, I do have to say that we did accept the challenge. We uh, persevered and we made it out. Um, regardless of how the process was, the outcomes were very, very beautiful. Um, yeah. All that matters is that we did get uh, that money to um, the young people. We are currently at around 30, like 30 million, um, uh, striving to be at like 70 million, um, giving back. Awesome. So we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, um, we're going to continue this conversation with Walter and Cole. And we're going to um, dive a little deeper into um, bridge makers and some of the challenges um, that were faced, but also um, talk about the success that you guys have experienced here in the state of Minnesota. So stay with me, Amy Muir's on the power of young people to change the world. Voice America Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Um, Today, I'm joined by Walter Cortina and Cole Stevens. Again, they're the um, co-founders of Bridgemakers, um, which is a Minnesota-based nonprofit program here in the Twin Cities um, for youth seeking to break the cycles of poverty, violence, and miseducation. So again, gentlemen, thank you for being here with us. We were just talking about um, the unemployment benefits for high school students and how the state of Minnesota had a law denying high school students um, access to those. Though Cole was able to get um, the unemployment benefits and then the state said, bring it back, you know, give it back and how you guys came together to fight this law. So I was... um, I was hoping that you could um, share some more about that journey and maybe about your partner's um, youth prize and the Civic Spring Project. Man, just right off the bat, yeah, thank you again. Um, Big, a very big shout out uh, to Youth Prize. Uh, They have been um, in this game and players for about uh, 20 years, and I do just have to say we appreciate them supporting us and uh, the dream that uh, Bridgemakers had, you know, Um, and and the strategies that we had um, to approach youth um, leadership. They uh, very much um, understood that uh, it's hard to make a lot of decisions for young people. If you're an adult, you know, it's just not 
like the same shoes. Um, and so yeah, uh, like Marcus and um, Wokey, I just shout out to them. Uh, we spoke uh, to Youth Prize one day about how we could impact uh, Minnesota during um, COVID. And it, I didn't think that it would uh, come to these ends, you know, but very, um, a very amazing work. They uh, support us in all the ways that they can. Um, so very big uh, shout out to them and uh, to the Civic Spring as well. You know, they gave us a lot of mentorship. I could say, you know, like a lot of foundations, like from my experience, they give grants and money and usually you just report back at the end with the civic spring gave us like weekly on uh, um, like workshops um i guess just like one-on-ones and all um, the other things um that helped us with our projects and i also want to pass it off uh to coach to add anything else he wants to share or add well honestly i mean Walter, my distinguished colleague, you just you just said it beautifully. I mean, like I said, I mean it, it just goes into this this theme of of mentorship. Youth Prize was not only able to um, help support us so we could really actually get paid doing this incredibly important work, and I, I don't think young people should be doing this amazing groundbreaking work for free. And they hold that same value, and they were able to give us mentorship and guidance throughout all this. And so, really, that intergenerational collaboration is so incredibly important. I mean, young people have just sort of a um, I mean, really a biological advantage in neuroplasticity to be able to think in different ways and be able to have innovative ideas. And, and you know, our, our, our older uh, generations, they got the wisdom. They got the wisdom, the know-how, that social capital. They got connections. And so when you really put those two things together, you got an incredibly powerful combo. Shout out, Youth Prize. Thank you, Marcus <laughs> and Wokey. Um, I also just I'm gonna I'm gonna do a shout out as well. We had Merritt Jones from Student Voice on our last podcast, and she was so excited to hear that you guys were gonna be on um, today um, because I know she's been um, she's a huge fan and a supporter of you guys as well. So um, and I know that she's connected um, to the Civic Spring Project. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Merritt um, and the great work that Student Voice is doing. Um, so uh, just another shout out. So we'll, we'll just do that. Um, I want to um, just really um, kind of think about, um, I would love to hear more about um, how students engaged um, in this campaign to change this very unfair law in the state of Minnesota. Um, what was kind of the, the rallying cry and how did you amplify those youth voices um, that are so necessary for making change? Uh, Cole, you want to go ahead and maybe leave with this one? I feel like I've been speaking a bit too much. Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry because I just had a little distraction outside. Could you please ask the question again? Sure. Um, I was asking about um, the um, the responses um, from other young people. Like, how did you engage them in the campaign? And how did how did you amplify youth voice so that you could make this change happen here in the state of Minnesota? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great question, man. I, I just I've just had a lot of friends throughout high school who share a lot of my just um, uh, just frustrations and, and really just awful experiences with our sort of systems. And really, we there's a collective feeling like our voice and our opinions just don't matter in the grand scheme of things that they just don't matter. I mean, there's so many people who I've had the conversation with about. You know, they think, oh, what's the point of voting? Like, my vote doesn't even matter. 
in this whole system is rotten to the core. And so really this has been a conversation, the narrative that, that I think has really gotten young people fired up is it's like, if they're not going to pass the torch, we're going to have to take the torch. And, you know, the way that we're going to do that is we're going to get the young people that we know, we're going to get the people that really represent our ideas that talk like us come from the same communities as us, you know, we're going to get them into office and we're going to change these laws because I mean, it's truly just, uh, you know, and, and I, I could say more so on the federal level, especially it's just not representative of the diversity of America. Um, and, and just all the different ideas and, and especially just in terms of age. I mean, there's, there's really, really skewed in terms of age and the representation there. But I, I mean, the truth is, is it's like, like I said, it's that intergenerational partnership too. I mean, while uh, this older generation, they have kind of the connections and the social capital and young people have all of these incredible um, innovative ideas. And they, I mean, you're not going to get, you know, the next big breakthrough in blockchain and decentralized finance from uh, an 80 year old white man. I'm sorry, but that's not where it's going to come from. Right. It's going to come from that kid that's been working with computers his whole life since he was, you know, since he was um, since he or she was real little. And it's just like the next big things that are going to completely change our entire economy, artificial intelligence, uh, robots and automation of um, most, you know, labor jobs. And, and uh, of course, then blockchain technology, decentralized finance, which I think is going to be a massive disruptor. It, these are things that we need the youth voice on because they actually, I mean, it's it's their world that they're stepping into, really. And like I said, yeah, they'll, they'll have to take the torch if that's what it takes. But so that's kind of been the narrative that's gotten people the most fired up. And I've just been, you know, talking to the same people I knew in high school, just through Snapchat. And usually it's like through a friend of a friend of a friend we're able to connect with different people and, and sort of all different parts of the state. Great. Thank you. Walter, is, um, do you want to share anything about that? Honestly, uh, Cole just, as he says himself, just spoke the road, uh, the words that ride out of my mouth, but I do just want to emphasize that point about, uh, like leveraging uh, connections of another, or my generation, you know, that's why, and um, bridge makers, uh, like we mentioned, we we know that us as individuals can't change the world. We're building bridges between uh, powerful people and influential um, people, and legislators and lawmakers. Uh, just building those relationships, uh, figuring out how we can make things work. That's really what's going to make the change, um, from our opinion. Absolutely, you know, the whole world of politics can be. Um, a scary place to step into, um, especially, I mean, for, for adults as well as for young people. And I'm, I was curious, kind of what were your first interactions with those elected officials? Like kind of what kind of um, successes did you see? And what were some of those challenges um, as a, as a young, as young people coming in and saying, this needs to change? Um, I do just want to say just right off the best one of the challenges was time, you know, uh, like we had to work our asses off in like 12, 16 hour days in like the period of a few weeks, you know, just grinding out, just reaching out to, to legislators, to people who can help us out. Um, 
And it was very challenging because they themselves had uh, their own agendas, you know, on like their own plans and their own days. Uh, I, I would have to say that right off the bat, uh, that was one of the most uh, challenging things. Cole, any um, thoughts from you on on challenges or successes, or how to how to step into those waters? Um, absolutely, if- a- absolutely. I'm sorry to kind of cut you off for a second. Nope. There. I'm just I'm so fired up about this because really, uh, truthfully, I mean, it was a mixed bag going in. There were people who completely didn't take us seriously. There was a lot of people who were really excited. They were like, "Oh, this is this is really cool." We had a lot of adults who really wanted to to support us, and. Um, Man, I mean, the what did it was consistency. So every single time we were knocked down, we got back up. What's that? There's that saying where it's like fall down 10 times, get up 11. Right. And you've got to have that mindset and you've got to keep good people around you because on a day you might be feeling like giving up. Then, you know, your homies will tell you to keep going and vice versa. And so I think that's really important. Um, and man, I mean, if, if I can just to, to shout us out for a second here, you talk challenges and successes. I mean, with those two methods right there, like keeping good people around you and that consistency piece, I mean, we were able to get over 50 media features. We were able to get into all sorts of different types of space, different different groups of legislators. We've testified in the house, I think like three or four times, or more than that now collectively with our, with our full team of, of, of young people, um, testified in the Senate many times. And that lawsuit, like Walter said, that's brought $30 million so far into the hands of young people. I know another young man who just got um, 13K today after waiting and and just scraping by every single month to get his bills paid. And he was able to pay back his landlord. He was able to pay back his parents for some that he um, loaned. He was able to get his car insurance back and his tabs and everything. And there's another 40 million that's waiting to go out there. And so really with that consistency piece, I mean, it's just a big uh, uh, show of power. I mean, this is proof that young people do have the power to change the world. I mean, it's, hey, it's, it's the name of the podcast, right? Very well said, um, which sets us up perfectly. And I appreciate that, Cole, um, to take our one final break. So we're going to pause one last time. And then when we come back, we're going to hear some final reflections from Walter and Cole. So again, you're listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with me, Amy Muirs. And you can follow the show on social media at nylc.org or find us at nylc.org. We're going to be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, 
tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Um, I'm here with um, Walter and Cole from Bridge Makers, and we're talking about the work of Bridge Makers and um, the law, the unemployment law that um, Bridge Makers tackled that was denying high school students um, unemployment benefits. And so, Walter, um, I just would love to hear what it was like when that vote was passed and you won. What was that like? Man, oh, my God, it was I feel like for me, it was very special because it, I mean, it didn't, uh, or actually, hold on, let me slow down a little bit. Uh, the day was uh, December 1st and it was actually like late at night, like, like 8 PM or something. And I was just driving and I got the call and text that, that we won. And I just like, I broke like really hard. I just hopped out the car and I just screamed like, Oh my God, this is crazy. And then I just started to think about what exactly it means, you know, like thousands of kids across the state were going to get a thousands of dollars that they were owed. And I really know how much that uh, could change a young person's life and include like their families, you know, like, as I mentioned, like the position uh, that I was in, I was working and providing uh, like for my family. Um, in Mexico. Um, and because I lost my job, I wasn't able to do so uh, for a period of time. Um, and so I just, I don't know, it seemed like a domino. I'm like, effect. I just imagined one, like knocking over the other and slowly just these bank accounts getting filled, um, with money that could help people. Um, yeah, just very special, uh, deep, uh, December, uh, first, uh, very special for me. Cause it was actually the day, uh, before my 18th uh, birthday. And, uh, just a few years ago, I was homeless and I had nothing with no connections or no nothing. So for that to be uh, the day before my 18th birthday was very, very freaking special. <laughs> I can, I can picture it. And it, yeah, I'm celebrating right beside you right now. Um, Cole, how about you? What did that victory mean to you? Oh, man. I mean, a few different things. I mean, like I said before, it's just it's it's a symbolic. It's a historic victory. I mean, it's a it's a show of power that young people will not be ignored. We will be heard. Um, and definitely just it, it has a lot of personal meaning for me as well, because I was at a very low, low point in 2019 and in 2020. And, you know, here in 2021 now, I feel fulfilled. I feel like what I'm doing is is impactful and I, and I feel like I'm helping people, which is just kind of, you know, what I've always wanted to do. Um, we've been able to create our own organization, you know what I'm saying? I get to be my own boss and everything now. So of course, on a personal level, you know, deeply impactful. And then when I, it's, it's still, it's still sinking in, right? Because 
you know, like I said, even just a, a few days ago, a, a re, like a, a friend of mine who's been a buddy since fourth grade, you know, just was able to completely turn his life around with with the the benefits that we were able to get out to young people. And and so it's it's of course it's still sinking in for me. And at the same time as that, it's also kind of like, okay, what's the next thing? Let's keep moving because you know, at the very same time, we can't just rest on our laurels here. I mean, we got that win, you know, we won the battle, but there is still a whole nother war to fight out there to be able to actually, you know, live in, in, a, in, a, in an America that's prosperous and equitable for everybody. So I think there's still so much work to be done. I'm so glad that we got that one win, but we're just getting started. We are barely getting started. I'm sorry, Cole. Let me jump in here just for one second, but yeah. I want to say yeah to that point. Uh, another like very big like principle and outcome of this was that we showed the world that young people can make change. Like how close said, if you're not gonna pass us the torch, then we're gonna take it. Uh, one way or another, uh, um, student on leadership, um, will make change. And so I just love that we uh, like made our seat um at the table. Like I could say, um, and sorry, Cole, you can um continue. No, oh, that was that was a beautiful wrap up. You just you just <laughs> took it home with that one. <laughs> So I think um, that leads me into my next question, which like we know that there's high school students in other states that are trying to pass similar laws uh, or get similar laws overturned, I should say. Um, what advice do you have for them? Like what should they be doing or what what's some like lessons learned that you want to share and pass on? I would just say, first off, you got to bridge the gaps. Okay, so whether that look like Republican to Democrat, whether that look like young to old, all right, whether that look like low income to, to, you know, the high powerhouse executives or whatever, you've got to bridge that gap. So if, and, and you got to be consistent then. So it's, it's really about building a coalition because every, every single student in the world could stand up for a certain policy and, um, you know, we're going to have to have teacher support as well, you know, and we're going to have to have parent support as well. And I mean, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe that was a bad example, because to be honest, I'm fighting for something where students are really at the forefront of everything education related. But it just the point is that, you know, it's it's sometimes you got to make um, you got to make friends with the people you never would have thought or people that you just communities that you know nothing about, you know, and you got to come together as a, as a, a state or a city or a country or whatever it might be, a school, whatever it might be. So bridge those gaps and be consistent. Walter, same question. What would you say to the students who in other states who want to, who want to tackle this issue? I'm a very practical uh, businessman. Um, so in the sense, I would say, uh, make your goals, uh, write your why, um, and make a game plan about like step to step, like how you want to get there. You know, like how Cole was saying, like, like bridge those gaps. Uh, uh, like to my definition of words, um, I would say like observe the playing field um, within the community and know who can make the change that you want, um, who can uh, um, help you, um, walk you through doors, who uh, can leverage certain um, 
uh, like positions and so forth. And uh, just more importantly, uh, like believe in yourself. Uh, no matter who doubts you, no matter who says you can't, that it's impossible, that it's never been done, man, don't listen to them. Um, life is beautiful and life is good and life is what you make it to be. Um, and so I just want to end it with that. That's beautiful. So in in one minute, wrap up um, with you guys. Any final reflection that you would like to share? Uh, just off the top of my head, I could say, uh, just believe um, in yourself, just um, like whoever you are. Uh, know that life is good. And uh, for bridge makers, if uh, there's um, anyone out there in the community um, who would like to support us, please feel free to reach out. Uh, social media pages uh, that Cole will be sharing in a bit. We would appreciate um, all the support we could get. We, um, as Cole said, we're just getting started. Um, now we have a whole world to change. Um, I'll pass it off to Cole. Thank you so much, Walter. And um, like Walter said with the social medias, I just want to quick plug everybody. So Bridgemaker's website is going up soon. It's not up yet, but, you know, worry not. You're going to hear more from us. Uh, I'm sure of it. And uh, right now you can follow us on social media through our, um, our Bridgemakers has like our specific um, youth policy advocates because um, Bridgemakers is more of like a bigger umbrella thing. But um, that is Minnesota Young Champions. So at MN Young Champions with the S at the end for Instagram and for Facebook. And then that's at MN Young Champion for Twitter without the S at the end. So go ahead and follow us. Keep in touch, see what's going on. We got our 100 days of conversation about schools partnership, uh, which is getting, uh, um, you know, student voice in the policy and in the school level as well, um, just of everything that relates to education. So, you know, all, all these, I mean, the governor's had his uh, do north plan and we want to make sure student voice is at the heart of that. Um, we want to make sure student voice is at the heart of uh, uh, the much needed um, standards change that'll uh, be necessary once the page amendment gets passed, all those sorts of things. So keep in touch. We got other big, big, big things coming. And um, yeah, so just some like final reflecting points, I would say. I'm sorry, Cole. I am oh. so sorry. I need to jump in um, just because we're we're heading toward the last minute and no I need worries. to get a plug in for our next week's episode. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, but you guys check out Bridge Makers. They are phenomenal. Um, next week, um, we're going to have guest Zara Ali. She's a freshman at Augsburg College. Um, and two K-12 education spe specialists, Malik Pierre and Sarah Miller. And we're going to talk about school culture and caring and committed conversations. So bringing people together to start conversations that allow us to cel celebrate our different perspectives, which we started to talk about here tonight, um, our different ways of living and being. So mark your calendars for Thursday, six o'clock Eastern. And until next week, please don't be afraid to serve, learn, change the world. Thank you guys for being here. You're amazing. Thank you, Amy. Shout out Wokey one more time for hooking it up. Thank you for tuning in this week to the power of young people to change the world. Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn, change the world.